listeners. Thanks again for tuning into Sin's Workshop. Hope you're all having a wonderful day. All right, today we're going to be talking about Lives Like Poison by Chelsea Pritter. Pritcher? Sorry. <laughs> uh, in any case, I have to say, uh, I love her dedication in this note, in this book, you know, to everyone who makes their own families. That's just kind of me paraphrasing it and I think it does speak a lot of volumes of the story itself because that is what the core of the story is about it's about finding yourself finding your true self living your true self and making your own family with people who love you and respect you down to your very core and escaping from toxic home lives that's what the story is all about at its core so it follows Belladonna, Raven, Lily, and uh, Jack, who also goes by Poppy. Um, but they prefer Jack, Slayer of Giants. And Belladonna has been framed for the murder of Raven's mother. Now, the reason she was framed was because there was Belladonna found in her tea and there was a recipe for the perfect murder one leaf of belladonna one leaf of poppy one leaf of lily put in the tea that's it that was the recipe for murder the problem is there was only belladonna found in it and the recipe was found next to it as well so of course everyone just goes to yeah it was belladonna but why belladonna why did you do this um because that mother that woman was abusive but i didn't do it so her and her friends who've been really estranged after many many years um they've been separated because raven was sent to boarding school when his father was fearing for his health when he was younger. Um, basically, Lily's mother was torturing him. She was psychologically torturing this boy because she wanted to keep her new husband distracted. And I swear, um, Lily's mother has a whole slew of issues. I mean, I don't want to spoil it for you because they are jaw droppers and you're reading it and the more you read it you're like wow this woman did need to die i mean she made her daughter anorexic um she made her daughter just god she was just a horrible person so she did need to die um uh i'm not gonna i'm not gonna fight that she something just need to be done with her so all four friends, you know, are brought together again to try to solve the murder. And the thing is, they all have a motive, really. Every single one of them has a, has a motive. Again, he is horrible. I mean, she. She is horrible. She is a horrible human being. Um, so they all have a motive. And that's the part that's the kicker. Because the story is also told in three different parts. Um, you have the truth by Belladonna, the truth by Poppy, Jack, the truth by um, Lily. So each perspective is giving you their truth to unveil the entire scope of the story. And I thought that was really interesting because it really did create a really wonderful mystery. It really did keep the story unsuspecting. It was very unpredictable. And I love a good 
mystery. Um, I love a good thriller where you're kind of kept at the edge of your seat because you really don't know who the killer is. And again, like I said earlier, it's slowly unveiling itself to the reader how horrible this person was. Um, and again, all these kids, you know, back when they were children, they were, I guess, just caught up in living the fantasy of destroying the wicked stepmother um, and saving their friend, but there's so much more to it than that um, when you're going between perspectives because you're learning more and more about who these characters are. You're learning more and more about their upbringing. You are learning so much more about who they are as characters and their dynamics and why they all decide to form a family together and like i said they all come from well they all do kind of come from broken homes i mean poppy's mother doesn't really care about them or their other children um so jack is really the one who takes care of their younger siblings and then you have lily again she's been in a rehab center trying to get over all the issues her mother caused her to have which are not a few and then you have belladonna who lives with a father you know he adopted her he's so worried of her getting kidnapped that he nails nails her window shut i mean he just takes over protectiveness to another whole nother level to the point that he takes away her free will. He takes away her freedom. And you should never, ever do that, in my opinion. Um, you should never, ever make your kid feel so trapped. Because um, you're just kind of trading one prison for another. The world is unsafe, but... And it's so scary. Honestly, I say this as a parent. Um, but growing up myself with an overprotective parent I speak from experience on that point it's it just makes you very it's not good let's put it that way it's just not good um so he cares for her you know he loves her but he just keeps Belladonna trapped he just wants her to stay home basically um go nowhere so she can't risk being kidnapped or anything <clears throat> so it's it's kind of sad that all through all and realistic as well that they all come from a broken home but that's why they form their own family with one another that's why they live with one another and i think do think it speaks volumes of who they are as characters and what they like to do and who they are to one another I guess I want to say um, so I thought that that was a very compelling part of the story to go back and forth to see their memories and I do love the fluidity of the storytelling as well because it doesn't break up you know there are lots of flashback scenes and you've heard me say this a bunch of times I'm okay with flashback scenes as long as they don't break up the pacing of the story and as long as they add 
to the overall development of the story. In this case, they do do that. They do do both. They definitely add to the pacing. Um, they don't disrupt the pacing. They don't break up the momentum. They do give the story some history, some depth. They do make those character dynamics even more engaging overall. So that's what I took away from this. You know, I have to go ahead and give this story. Sorry, my cats are going crazy here. Um, I'll have to go ahead and give this story a four to five. I do think it was really engaging. It didn't blow me away. But I did love that ultimate revelation at the end. I didn't see it coming. I was really like, what? Again, lots of jaw-dropping moments in this storytelling. Lots of jaw-jumping um, moments to keep the reader engaged. And I do also love the LGBTQ representation. I didn't talk enough about that because I don't really want to spoil the story. But the LGBTQ representation in the story is so, uh, God, I, it's powerful, you know, it's compelling, it's, it's just amazing to see it done. It's amazing to see it so wholesome and to see it represented without stereotyping, to see it represented with love and caring and it was just a very powerful moment when it all came together that it really does give the story even more depth to that core meaning of making your own family. So once again, Lies Like Poison go gets four out of five stars. I do recommend purchasing this book from your local bookseller. Please just try to avoid purchasing the book off Amazon and support an online book retailer or your local bookseller, please. They need more business than Amazon does. If money's tight, please check out the book from your local library. And on that note, I hope you all will continue to support me by liking this podcast and sharing it with all your book-loving friends. Hope you all have a great rest of your day, and as always, happy reading. Thank you.